0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Karen Savage, Waco, Texas, August 2006. Beowulf, translated by Francis Barton Gummer Section 3. Then Rothgar went with his hero train defence of Sildings forth from Hall. Fain would the warlord will thou seek, couch of his queen. The king of glory against this grendel a guard had set, so heroes heard, a whole defender, who warded the monarch and watched for the monster. In truth the Geat's prince gladly trusted his mettle, his might, the mercy of God. Cast off then his corslet of iron, helmet from head. To his henchman gave choicest of weapons the well-chased sword, bidding him guard the gear of battle. Spake then his vaunt the valiant man— Beowulf-gate, ere the bed be sought. Of force in fight, no feebler I count me, In grim war-deeds, than Grendel deems him. Not with the sword then, to sleep of death, His life will I give, though it lie in my power. No skill is his to strike against me, My shield to hew, though he hardy be, bold in battle. We both this night shall spurn the sword, If he seek me here, unweaponed for war. Let wisest God, sacred Lord, On which side soever doom decree as he deemeth right. Reclined then the chieftain, and cheek-pillows held the head of the earl, while all about him seamen hardy on hall-beds sank. None of them thought that thence their steps to the folk and fastness that fostered them, to the land they loved, would lead them back. Full well they wist that on warriors many battle-deaths seized, in the banquet-hall of Danish clan. But comfort and help, war-wheel weaving, to wade of folk, the master gave, that by might of one over their enemy all prevailed by single strength. In sooth, tis told that highest god o'er humankind hath wielded ever. Through one night striding came the walker in shadow. Warriors slept, whose hest was to guard the gabled hall, all save one. Twas widely known, that against God's will, the ghostly ravager him could not hurl to haunts of darkness. Wakeful, ready, with warrior's wrath, bold he bided the battle's issue. Then from the moorland, by misty crags, with God's wrath laden, Grendel came. The monster was minded of mankind now, sundry to seize in the stately house. Under Welkin he walked, till the wine-palace there, gold hall of men he gladly discerned, flashing with fretwork. Not first time this, that he the home of Hrothgar sought. Yet ne'er in his life-day, late or early, such hardy heroes, such hall-thanes, found. To the house the warrior walked apace, parted from peace. The portal opened it, though with forged bolts, fast when his fist had struck it, and baleful he burst in his blatant rage the house's mouth. All hastily, then, o'er fair paved floor, the fiend trod on, ireful he strode, there streamed from his eyes fearful flashes like flame to see. He spied in hall the hero-band, kin and clansmen clustered asleep, hardy liegemen, then laughed his heart. For the monster was minded, ere morn should dawn, savage to sever the soul of each, life from body, since lustful banquet waited his will. But weird forbade him to seize any more of men on earth after that evening. Eagerly watched Higlak's clansman, his cursed foe, how he would fare in fell attack. Not that the monster was minded to pause. Straight away he seized a sleeping warrior for the first, and tore him fiercely asunder. The bone-frame bit, drank blood in streams, swallowed him piecemeal. Swiftly thus the lifeless course was clear devoured, e'en feet and hands. Then farther he hied, for the hardy hero with hand he grasped felt for the foe with fiendish claw, for the hero reclining, who clutched it boldly, prompt to answer, propped on his arm. Soon then saw that shepherd of evils that never he met in this middle world, in the ways of earth, another white with heavier hand-gripe. At heart he feared, sorrowed in soul—none the sooner escaped. Fain would he flee, his fastness seek, the den of devils. No doings now, such as oft he had done in days of old. Then bethought him the hardy Higlak thane of his boast at evening. Up he bounded, grasped firm his foe, whose fingers cracked. The fiend made off but the earl close followed. The monster meant, if he might at all, to fling himself free and far away fly to the fens—knew his fingers power in the gripe of the grim one. Gruesome march to Herot this monster of harm had made. Din filled the room, the Danes were bereft, castle-dwellers and clansmen all earls of their ale. Angry were both so savage hall guards, the house resounded. Wonder it was the wine-hall firm in the strain of their struggle stood, to earth the fair house fell not, too fast it was within and without by its iron bands craftily clamped, though there crashed from sill many a mead bench. Men have told me, gay with gold, were the grim foes wrestled. So well had weaned the wisest sildings, that not ever at all might any man that bone-decked brave house break asunder, crush by craft unless clasp of fire and smoke engulfed it. Again up rose din redoubled, Danes of the North with fear and frenzy were filled, each one who from the wall that wailing heard, God's foe sounding his grisly song, cry of the conquered, clamorous pain from captive of hell. Too closely held him he who of men in might was strongest in that same day of this our life. Not in any wise would the Earl's defence suffer that slaughterous stranger to live, unless deeming his days and years to men on earth. Now many an Earl of Beowulf, brandished blade ancestral, fain the life of their lord to shield their praised prince, if power were theirs. Never they knew, as they neared the foe, hardy-hearted heroes of war, aiming their swords on every side the accursed to kill. No keenest blade, no fairest of falchions fashioned on earth, could harm or hurt that hideous fiend. He was safe by his spells, from sword of battle, from edge of iron yet his end and parting on that same day of this our life woeful should be, and his wandering soul far off flit to the fiend's domain. Soon he found, who in former days harmful in heart and hated of God, on many a man such murder wrought, that the frame of his body failed him now. For him the keen-souled kinsman of Higlach held in hand. Hateful alive was to each other. The outlawed Dyer took mortal hurt. A mighty wound showed on his shoulder, and sinews cracked in the bone-frame burst. To Beowulf now the glory was given, and Grendel thence, death-sick, his den in the dark moor sought, noisome abode. He knew too well that here was the last of life, an end of his days on earth. To all the Danes by that bloody battle the boon had come. From ravage had rescued the roving stranger Rothgar's hall. The hardy and wise one had perched it anew— his night-work pleased him, his deed and its honour. To Eastern Danes had the valiant geet his vaunt made good. All their sorrow and ills assuaged, their bale of battle borne so long, and all the dole they erst endured pain aplenty. T'was proof of this, when the hardy in fight, a hand laid down, arm and shoulder, all indeed of Grendel's gripe, neath the gabled roof." Many at morning, as men have told me, warriors gathered the gift-hall round, folk-leaders faring from far and near, o'er wide-stretched ways, the wonder to view, trace of the traitor. Not troublous seemed the enemy's end to any man who saw by the gate of the graceless foe how the weary-hearted, away from thence, baffled in battle and band, his steps death-marked, dragged to the devil's mere. Bloody the billows were boiling there, turbid the tide of tumbling waves horribly seething, with sword-blood hot by that doomed one died, who in den of the moor laid forlorn his life adown, his heathen soul in hell received it. Home then rode the hoary clansmen from that merry journey, and many a youth on horses white, the hardy warriors back from the mere. Then Beowulf's glory eager they echoed, and all averred that from sea to sea, or south or north, there was no other in earth's domain under vault of heaven more valiant found, of warriors none more worthy to rule. On their lord beloved they laid no slight, gracious Hrothgar, a good king he. From time to time, the tried in battle, their grey steeds set to gallop amain, and ran a race when the road seemed fair. From time to time a thane of the king, who had made many vaunts, was mindful of verses stored with sagas and songs of old, bound word to word in well-knit rhyme, wielded his lay. This warrior soon, of Beowulf's quest, right cleverly sang, and artfully added an excellent tale in well-ranged words of the warlike deeds he had heard in Saga of Sigamund. Strange the story. He said it all. The Walesings' wanderings wide, his struggles, which never were told to tribes of men, the feuds and the frauds, save to Fitella only, when of these doings he deigned to speak, uncle to nephew. As ever the twain stood side by side in stress of war, and multitude of the monster kind they had felled with their swords. Of Sigamund grew, when he passed from life, no little praise for the doughty in combat a dragon killed that herded the horde. Under hoary rock the Atheling dared the deed alone, fearful quest, nor was Fatella there. Yet so it befell, his falchion pierced that wondrous worm. On the wall it struck, best blade, the dragon died in its blood. Thus had the dread one, by daring, achieved over the ring hoard to rule at will, himself to pleasure. A sea-boat he loaded, and bore on its bosom the beaming gold, son of Wales. The worm was consumed. He had of all heroes the highest renown among races of men, this refuge of warriors, for deeds of daring that decked his name, since the hand and heart of Heramund grew slack in battle. He, swiftly banished to mingle with monsters at mercy of foes, to death was betrayed, for torrents of sorrow had lamed him too long. A load of care to earls and athlings all he proved— Oft indeed in earlier days, for the warrior's wayfaring wise men mourned, who had hoped of him help from harm and bale, and had thought their sovereign's son would thrive, follow his father, his folk protect, the horde and the stronghold, hero's land, home of Sildings. But here, Fane said, the kinsman of Higlac kinder seemed to all. The other was urged to crime, and afresh to the race, the fallow roads by swift steeds measured, the morning sun was climbing higher. Clansmen hastened to the high-built wall, those hearty-minded, the wonder to witness. Warden of treasure, crowned with glory, the king himself, with stately band from the bride-bower, strode, and with him the queen and her crowd of maidens measured the path to the mead-house fair. Hrothgar spake. To the hall he went, stood by the steps, the steep roof saw, garnished with gold, in Grendel's hand. "'For the sight I see to the sovereign ruler be speedy thanks.' A throng of sorrows I have borne from Grendel, but God still works wonder on wonder, the Warden of Glory. It was but now that I never more for woes that weighed on me waited help long as I lived, when, laved in blood, stood sword-gore stained this stateliest house, wide-spread woe for wise men all, who had no hope to hinder ever foes infernal and fiendish sprites from havoc and hall. This hero now, by the wielder's might, a work has done that not all of us erst could ever do by and wisdom. Lo, well can she say, whoso of women this warrior bore among sons of men, if still she liveth, that the god of the ages was good to her in the birth of her bairn. Now, Beowulf, thee, of heroes best, I shall heartily love as mine own, my son. Preserve thou ever this kinship new. Thou shalt never lack wealth of the world that I wield as mine. Full oft, for less, have I largess showered my precious hoard on a punier man, less stout in struggle. Thyself hast now fulfilled such deeds that thy fame shall endure through all the ages. As ever he did, well may the wielder reward thee still. Beowulf spake, Baron of Ekthau. This work of war most willingly we have fought, this fight, and fearlessly dared force of the foe. Fain too were I hadst thou but seen himself, what time the fiend in his trappings tottered to fall. Swiftly I thought, in strongest gripe on his bed of death, to bind him down, that he in the heart of this hand of mine should breathe his last but he broke away. Him I might not, the maker willed not, hinder from flight, and firm enough hold the life-destroyer. Too sturdy was he, the ruthless in running. For rescue, however, he left behind him his hand in pledge, arm and shoulder, nor aught of help. Could the cursed one thus procure it all? None the longer liveth he, loathsome fiend, sunk in his sins, but sorrow holds him tightly grasped in gripe of anguish, in baleful bonds where bide he must, evil outlaw such awful doom as the mighty maker shall meet him out. More silent seemed the son of Eglaf, in boastful speech of his battle deeds, since Athlings all, through the earl's great prowess beheld that hand on the high roof gazing, foeman's fingers, the forepart of each, of the sturdy nails to steel was likest. Heathen's hand spear, hostile warrior's claw uncanny. Twas clear, they said, that him no blade of the brave could touch, how keen soever, or cut away that battle hand bloody from baneful foe section three